Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. And now God, bless your word. Your word is truth. Your word is spirit and life. Speak to us where we are, the church and the unchurched together. Let the simplicity of the gospel with power proceed out of the mouth of your servant who stands here with feet of clay. Do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. First, something instructional out of Philippians 2, 14 through 16. And the thought today is prepare to encounter God as you go out. One of the things that is going, prepare to encounter God as you go out. One of the things that God is doing is he's building up the body of Christ and affirming us as his witnesses. So that all we have to do is be ourselves. And when we open our mouth, people will know that we belong to him. Philippians 2, 14, and we're going to read through verse 16, says this. Do all things. Two things I want to say. This is the love church. Philippians was the church that was known for love. This is the same church that Paul wrote, I can do all things, Philippians 4 and 13, through Christ who strengthens me. This is Paul saying, while you're doing all things, let me tell you how to do it. Some people who can do all things do, all, do some things the wrong way. Paul is saying, do all things without complaining and disputing. Complaining I can do all by myself. Disputing I need a partner. He's saying, get all that out. I know that you're a church that's full of love but you have to conduct yourself in a way that demonstrates the love. If I say I love you and I treat you otherwise, what I do speaks louder than what I say, and that's why this is instructional. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Next verse. That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Last verse, 16. Holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. What Paul is communicating, there's some things that we have to hold tight. To hold fast means to hold tight. Hold fast that word and conduct yourselves in a way that whatever you do, do it without complaining, do it without disputing, and the benefit is you'll be blameless and harmless. We're to be wise as serpents and harmless as a dove. So here are two questions, and you can write them in your notes and we'll deal with them as time permits. We won't get to all of it today, but here are the two questions. The first, the first is, well, it's one question with two responses. I'm sorry. Here's the question. Why is consecration spiritually necessary? 
That's the question. Here are the two responses. Consecration prepares us to see and hear God more clearly. To see and hear God more clearly. The second is consecration prepares us to have an encounter with God. One of the things that trips us up, and this is homework, you ready to write this down? 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 through 15. Read all of that, and we'll unpack it between this week and next week, God willing. But now I want to read, and I think this might be the only text we'll be able to get through uh, today. Revelation 16, 13 through 15. So we're going to spend the next seven or eight minutes working this out. Revelation 16, 13 through 15. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Leave that for a moment. There's something I want you to see. Even in the demonic world, they're on one accord, speak with one voice, because they're imitators of God. And the, the scripture in 2 Corinthians 11, 1 through 15, verse 15, Paul makes it plain. He says, no wonder that this kind of deception happens because Satan himself transforms himself into a minister of light. When he wants to deceive people who have the word of God in their heart, he transforms himself into a minister of light. And that's why Paul prayed in Ephesians 4 that we would no longer be tossed to and fro by every wind and doctrine because some of us like charisma. And there are people who have charisma and no anointing. There are people who have charisma who sound good, but God hasn't sent them. And consecration helps us to discern that and to know the difference. A counterfeit can't stand in the presence of God. A counterfeit, and a devil knows a counterfeit. Ask the sons of Sceva. The demon said, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who are you? We haven't met. And they ran out. This is what we want to get away from. So you see, the other thing I want you to see is, this is a false trinity. It came out of the mouth, a spirit, unclean spirit, like frogs, coming out of the mouth of the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. Can you see that false trinity? So there's something that's coming out. It's a prophet, but it's a false prophet. Sometimes false prophets sound and look so good that the people of God have said amen. Jeremiah, who was faithful to God his whole life from a child when he was afraid to do what God told him to do. God says, set your face like flint. I've called you to tear down and to build up. Nobody's going to hurt you. When you were in, before I formed you, I knew you, and I ordained you a prophet. The life of a prophet is hard, and that's why people, some start out like Balaam, for real, and they become 
false prophets because they're lured by riches. That's what took Baal, Balaam away. His word was so sure that the king paid him money to prophesy against the people of God. God told them not to do it, and they upped the ante. And Balaam was like, Lord, you know what they're offering me? And he fell. In the days of Jeremiah, there was a prophet named Hananiah. And his reputation was such that when Jeremiah was talking to the people of God, telling them that they were about to go into captivity for 70 years, Hananiah started teaching peace. He prophesied peace. What do you think people wanted to hear? I'm going into bondage for 70 years or peace? So Jeremiah ended up with empty pews. And everyone went over to Hananiah, right in the presence of Jeremiah. God told Jeremiah to put a yoke on his neck of wood. God knows what he's doing, he, of wood. And Hananiah, when he was prophesying, came and broke the yoke. The anointing does what? Does it break it or destroy it? It destroys it. So the fact that he broke the yoke, and many of us, have been taught for years, I have, that it breaks the yoke. So if I was in that crowd, I would say, that's God's man. But the word said, it destroys the yoke. So he breaks it, and what he says sounds so good that Jeremiah says to Hananiah, amen. And he walks away. But the thing about the Spirit of God, it won't let you move in error. He said, Jeremiah, I have not spoken to Hananiah, neither have I sent him. I want you to go back, and I want you to tell him these words. He said, in this time, I want you to take a yoke of iron. I want you to take a yoke of iron. I want the people to see that there's limits to his power. He can't break this, nor can he destroy it. I'm going to put a yoke. So imagine Jeremiah walking with that iron. <laughs> he walks, and he said, thus says the Lord. You shall go into Babylon for 70 years, and Zedekiah the king shall go in, and he shall not see. And you know what the princes did? They plucked his eyes out. That's not good to hear. Nobody wants to hear that. I want you to know we're living in a time where people want to hear the things that speak to peace. But if you are in Christ, you have to seek to know him in the fellowship of his suffering and the power of his resurrection. You're most blessed when you suffer with him. You're strongest when you're weak because his weak, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. So we don't have to go around acting like the perfect one because we're in the perfect one. He'll perfect those things that concern us as long as we stay in him. Spirits, that were unclean. Jesus, time moves so fast. Here's, what I, here's the picture I want you to see. I want you to imagine that every day for the rest of your life, no matter what your age, no matter if you're 14 or 12 or 90, that for the rest of your life, every one of your outer garments would be white would be pure white. And you had to wear that garment every day and keep it spotless. 
If you wore it one day, how many of you think you could go home at night, take it off, look back to front, and it's unspotted? It's totally clean. Then how is it that the people of God keep themselves unspotted from the world? Because you're brushing up against things. Some leave dust, some leave another stain. Some of you, if you're like me, when you're eating your PBJ, the jelly falls on you. That means there's too much jelly on a sandwich. <laughs> but it leaves a stain. And if I have on a dark hoodie, I can wipe it, rub it, and you can't see it. See, that's why people like the cover of darkness. Because it seems to cover up stains. But imagine, that's why God told his people when he told them to Moses to consecrate them, wash their clothes. That is, a, that is symbolic spiritually of our spirits being undefiled and cleaned. That's why we have to walk in repentance. We have to constantly be in the presence of God. We're clean by the washing of water by the word. Here's another way. Can you see that picture of what it's like, the care you have to take to keep your garments clean? And next week, we'll talk about that more in the scripture, the remedies for that. Here's the other thing. Imagine if on New Year's, you made a resolution. I'm going to take a nice, long bubble bath. I'm going to soak. I'm going to use the best smelling stuff. I'm going to pamper myself. And I'm not going to bathe again until 2025. you would be offensive. When the people of God don't take the time to wash themselves and make them clean, we're, an offen we're offensive to heaven because there's an aroma that comes from us. Paul says, don't you know you are the aroma of Christ? God has made us the aroma in him, a fragrance. So these natural things, if someone did that, and even though you took a great bath on watch night, how long would it be before you would be in a pew by yourself? And how long would it be where no matter where you were in the building, we would know you're there? Don't even have to turn around and say, oh, Lord. Spiritually, that's what the devil wants to do to you and to me. He wants to make us offensive. He wants our garments to be stained and we walking around. And you know the white outer garment? Even if you wash it every day, it gets dingy. Have you ever owned a white t-shirt or under? You can wash it and bleach it and over time it gets dingy. You have to change it. That's why the Bible says we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. If your mind isn't renewed, it's dingy. It gets dingy. Do you see what I'm saying? God wants to bring us to a place where we are undefiled. 
that there is no offense. He wanted me to talk to us about a different type of offense. It's not just somebody hurting your feelings or make you mad. When there's a stench about you, you're offensive. I don't want to be offensive to heaven. I want my prayers to have a certain fragrance. I want my life to have a certain fragrance. I want my life to have the fragrance of someone who's clean, someone who washes daily. That's the fragrance that we want corporately because we are the fragrance of Christ. Keith, I want you to remind me to put that scripture about the fragrance of Christ as a lead scripture the next time I stand. Verse 14, let's go to verse 14. Jesus, I'm over a little bit. Can I have a little grace? See that part up front I didn't plan, but I'm not gonna go through all this because I respect your time. Now listen what he says about those three, about that false trinity. For they are spirits of demons, performing signs. That's why we don't chase after signs. They follow us because people who follow them can be deceived. Jeremiah was surely a prophet of God, but he said amen to a false prophet because it sounded good. Performing signs, this is what I want you to see. If you don't see anything else, that dragon, that false prophet, here's what they do, which go out, which go out. When the people of God don't go out and the demons go out, who's controlling the narrative in the world? That's why God wants his people to go out because the only force that can overcome this force is the power of God. And the only carriers of that So as long as we're in here and those spirits go out, there are people who are dying. There are people who are killing. There are people who are convinced that they're right when they're wrong. There are people who are entangled in destructive behavior and don't even know they're being destroyed but the, because the enemy comes with three objectives. To kill, to steal, and destroy. And the fruit of his destruction is all around us. That's why God is saying to his people, go out. I had an opportunity on Saturday to say something in the church of a friend in South Philly. And when they gave me the mic, I began to say that it's the will of God that you go out. And there were 30 different churches in there. I want you to know, this is for the body of Christ. This, when something is for God, it's not just for you, me, and us three, or you and your four, it's for the body of Christ. Someone said something to me and I had to make sure it wasn't flattery and they said it in the presence of another pastor, which made me uneasy. So they were waiting on the side as I walked by and it was getting on in the evening and my eyes were getting a little heavy so I went out 
to get some, some water. It's about 2 a.m. in the morning by then, because the prayer was all night till 6 a.m. Because I had other things the next day, I didn't make it till 6, but I made it at least to 2 a.m. So I'm walking, and I don't know this person. I've never met her, and she's waiting and waiting. She didn't want to interrupt our conversation. And then she's, we both looked, because you could feel the person, and she said, I want to say something. The Holy Spirit said to me, clearly, clearly, you have the words for us tonight. In a room with lots of people from top to bottom, that wasn't to make me puffed up. It was God affirming, you're on message. Stay on message. And no matter where I go, when I'm in the living room of neighbors, I talk about going out. When people are complaining about the values that are being eroded, you need to go out. And, but you need to prepare to go out. You need to first get the values of the kingdom of God. You need to know God and then go out. These spirits do what? They go and look at where they start. To the kings, they start top. They go right to the White House. They go right to Parliament, to the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. He's talking about Armageddon. What he's saying is gathering people to be on his side. That's a losing proposition. We already know what the end is going to be. We win. Winners win. That's why we go out, because we're winners. And we want those who are currently losing to win, to come over on the winning side. If demons go out, the people of God must go out. Because there's a world who's deceived, who's dying, who don't know any better. And there was a time when God winked at ignorance. But in these last days, he's calling everyone to repent. Every head bowed and every eye closed. God, we receive your word as true. And we pray now that you would change our hearts so that we would walk in obedience and pursue a perfect knowledge of the Son of God. God, I haven't always been alert enough to be aware of the enemy of my soul, and therefore an enemy has crept in unaware. I pray that you would restore everything that has been taken everything that has been stolen, restore it now. And from this time forward, I desire to walk before you undefiled and blameless. Keep my garments clean. Remind me when I need to turn and turn aside as Moses did. May we turn aside like Moses and see your fire burning 
We present our bodies to you now. We present our minds to you. Give us the mind of Christ. Give us a ministry. You've already given us a ministry and a word of reconciliation. Just as Jesus was reconciling the world to himself, may we go and do battle with the spirits of frogs, unclean spirits, and reconcile the world unto God. You've already given us, every one of us, a ministry of reconciliation and a word of reconciliation. And so now, God, we lay aside complaining and disputes. We will no longer judge one another, but we will build one another up. Perfect us. Perfect the things that concern us, that we might be lights in the world. Bright lights. Take away the dimmer switch. The devil desires that our lights be made dim. Remove every dimmer switch in our life and let there only be the bright light of Jesus Christ in us. Touch these young people who are in our midst. God, they're so precious. They're so precious in your sight. They're strong. They're bold. They're willing to learn. I pray that you would teach them your ways. Be a teacher walking behind them, saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Put people in their lives who will love them unconditionally. God, we pray that you would surround them with many fathers. Though they have many teachers, they have not many fathers. Raise up godly men like the one you've already put in their lives and surround them. And now, God, surround us with your goodness. We want to see your face. We want to see your glory. We want to please you in all that we are, all that we do, and all that we say. Grant us this petition. Do it for your glory. And do in us what only you can do. We will do nothing in our own strength, but only in the power of your might. And so now we put on the whole armor so that we can cast down every imagination and every high-minded thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We seal this prayer with faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.